Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, good morning. You guys are alive and you are awake, and it's good to see you. And we're going to kick off a brand new series this morning. And so, welcome to LifePoint. If you ever wondered where that name LifePoint came from, uh, when Pastor Diane and I moved here, I was praying, God, what's what's the essence of our church? What's the what's the emphasis of our church? And we kept sensing over and over and over again that the emphasis of our church was life. You know, the Bible says that that he came to give us life and what? Life that overflows or the God kind of life. And so we just kept sensing life, life, life. And since everything around here is called East Point, New Point, Charles Point, we put those two things together and made Life Point. So that's where Life Point came from. And our vision statement is that it's all about life change. And, and so you say, how do you measure that life change? Well, for us, it's measured in lots of different ways. And uh, I, I like to measure it this way. How many of you could say, I really have personally experienced life change since I started coming here? Well, that's how we measure it right there. That's, that's, that's how we measure it. And so I want you to know that this series that I'm doing will be the epitome of doctrine or information that really is the key to life change. And so I'm excited to teach on this new series that we are, that we're starting this morning. But I thought we would start off with a confession. You guys ready to go? We're going to make a confession. I'll say this. You repeat after me. Ready? I declare. I, declare, I have a spirit of faith. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. So I declare, I have a spirit of power, of love, of self-control, and never, ever a spirit of fear. Amen. Amen. So I want you to think about this. What, what would it mean to have the key to something? If I said, what's the key to that? Or what, what's the, the key to that particular thing? Um, the key would be something important. I actually looked up that phrase, the key to, in the free dictionary, and it says this, that the key to is the most important determining factor that is needed to achieve or accomplish something. It's the most important and determining factor needed if you're going to achieve or accomplish something. So if I said the key to something, that means that would be extremely important for you to obtain, receive, or achieve that thing which you are desiring. For example, if you're in the sports world, you probably at some point in time had your coach sit you down, look you in the eyes, and begin to tell you the keys to winning, whether it's a football game, a basketball game, or whatever it might be, and he's going to unfold or reveal to you the keys to what it takes to win that particular game or match or event. Um, you could also take that maybe in, in, into the health world. If, if someone said, here are the keys to losing some weight or the keys to eating better or the keys to being healthy, you, you get what I'm saying. It's, an, it's the important factor in allowing you to achieve or obtain whatever that, that, that might be. If, if somebody came up to you 
or you went to uh, a car dealership and you uh, obtained or you got or someone gave you a brand new vehicle, maybe it's your dream vehicle, and they parked it in your driveway or they said, there it is, and it sits there. How many know that would be awesome? You could walk around it, you could kick the tires, you could... You could touch it, you could smell it, you could maybe even smell the new car smell, you know, that new car smell that, that you have at first. And, and, but, but, but how many of you know, if they didn't hand you the keys, all you can do is observe that and, and desire that, but unless you have the keys, that really can't be started, driven, or enjoyed. And so there are some keys to the things that God has provided for us. And we're going to talk about that. Romans chapter 4 and verse 16. I want to read this to you in a couple of different translations. So Romans 4, 16 says, therefore, the promise comes by what? So the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not just those of the law, but also those who have faith, the faith of Abraham, because he's the father of us all. Now, let me read that to you in a different translation. Uh, the J.B. Phillips translation says this. The whole thing, then, is a matter of what? On man's part. And generosity on God's part. I like how that's worded. The whole thing, then, it's a matter of faith on your part, but it's a matter of generosity on God's part. So he gives us the security of his own promise to all men who can be called the children of Abraham, i.e., both those who have lived in faith by the law and those who have exhibited a faith like that of Abraham. So the Bible says this, whether you were born under the law or a Jewish person or whether you are born in this, uh, the age of grace and you are a Gentile, the Bible says this, that first of all, there's the generosity of God's grace, that's goodness, but then there is your faith. And your faith is what receives everything that God provides by the generosity of his grace. So every promise, every bit of goodness is a matter of God's generous grace. But receiving that is a matter of, guess what? Your faith and, and my faith. So if I was going to define faith for you, because uh, the reason why I talked about a key is there is a translation of that verse that says, faith is the key. If you've ever wondered in your Jesus journey, in your walk as a believer, uh, wanting to grow, desiring to change, wanting to receive anything that God has provided, there's a key to that. And the key is to understand the giving part is the generosity of God. It's the goodness of God. But the receiving part is your faith in the goodness and the generosity of God. It's a grace thing. So grace provides every promise that God has declared for you, but faith is what receives it. So it would be proper for us to say faith is the key to receive anything and everything that God has intended and provided for you. So if faith is the key, we need to learn all we can about faith. And I love to teach about faith. Faith is one of those life changer, game changer topics because it's the key. If you can learn what I'm teaching you over the next few weeks, I believe it's one of those things that can elevate your game. It can take you to a higher level. And so let me give you a definition of faith. Faith is a confident trust in someone or something. That's what faith is. It's just this confident trust in someone or something. 
Another word for confidence the Bible uses is, is to be fully persuaded. It's your persuasion. So if faith is to confidently trust in someone or something, I made up my own word. So to confidently trust in God, we call it Godfidence. Godfidence is not just trusting in someone or something, it's trusting in God and God's word. So what faith becomes, it's, it's, it's our response to the promises of God. Every promise from God is yes, it's amen for you, it all comes by his grace. How many of there are some things God has done in your life and my life we didn't deserve? Everything God has provided is via his grace or his goodness. It is very important for you and for me to understand that God's a good God. But everything he provides is based on his grace, his provision. The word grace just means his favor and his goodness. So over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna, to... Um, we're going to be walking through this series that I call Faith Works. And you can look at this in a couple of different ways. Faith Works. How many believe Faith Works? Yeah. How many have ever seen Faith Works? Yeah. Has faith ever worked in, in a healing in your life? If you were here Wednesday night, we had a massive healing line, had an incredible healing testimony. And, and so Faith Works. Also, there are ways that we work our faith. And just like gears in the works of mechanical things, there are mechanics of faith. That's why we called this series Faith Works. So you're ready to go. And some of this stuff uh, I know you have heard before, but I want to prove to you this morning that it's important that you keep hearing. Because remember, this is the key. If you can get the key, what do keys do? Well, keys will unlock some things. Keys will start some things. Keys will turn some things off. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith. What's faith? It's your firm persuasion. It's the confident trust you have in someone or something. It's your Godfidence. Now faith brings our hopes. How many know hope? Hope is a powerful thing. Hope is the fuel of faith. So faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. Once again, what's the key? Faith. Y'all getting this? It's faith. So it becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what all the previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that we see. A lot of translations that you read say something like this. Faith is the substance of things that we hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are unseen. And I just want to encourage you, just because something is invisible does not mean it does not exist. And so the Bible said, this is what faith is. It's the substance. We can use some other words there. Faith is the assurance. Faith is the foundation. Or faith is the confident expectation. Or faith is the attitude. So I want you to hear what, what, what I wrote down here. Faith is the substance, the assurance, the foundation, the confident expectation, or the attitude of someone standing by something promised and refusing to budge from it. I want to read that again so you can put your amen to it because I know you were really intently listening, but you, you need to put your uh-huh on that. Let me, let me read that again. If nothing else, make me feel good. Faith is the substance. Okay, it's the substance. 
It's the assurance. It's the foundation. It's your confident expectation. It's actually your disposition or your attitude of someone who is standing by something that has been promised to them and they refuse to budge from it. So if God has made provision for it, faith says, I'm going to, it's going to be the foundation for me. It's going to be the assurance of me. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to embrace it. And no matter what, I'm not budging from it. That's why the Bible says that the just live by faith. What that means is they're so used to walking around in the vicinity of faith, they could do it blindfolded. That means we believe it so strong that we regulate our whole life by it. If Jesus said it, that's what I regulate my life by. I understand a diagnosis. I understand what the economy says. I understand the the challenges that are before me, but I'm not going to back off of it because I've learned that faith is the God perspective, and I'm going to hold on to the God perspective no matter what the problem looks like or no matter what the potential is. I'm I'm not going to budge from it. So the Bible says that's what faith is. It's the substance of that. Then it goes on and it says this. It's the evidence of what's unseen. And that's a very interesting phrase because what it literally means, it, it's, it's a legal phrase, and it means that a lawyer cross-examines the proof and the information and finds convincing proof, overwhelming convincing proof, even though it might be invisible, that does not mean it's non-existent, but the proof is there. It, it's, it's sort of like this. How many of you at home um, have some wireless products? Do you all have wireless internet? Have you ever heard of a thing called Wi-Fi? Can you see it? Do you trust it? Do you freak out when it goes off like my kids do? They've never called me and said, Dad, what are we going to do? There's no food in the house. Well, they will call and say, the power's out. We have no internet. (laughs) Well, you you know the Wi-Fi is there because of the effects. And there are some things that you don't see in the natural. That's what faith is, but you know the effects. And you know when faith's working, your connection is working, and you're supplied with what's provided. So just because some things are invisible doesn't mean they're non-existent. So there are things we believe for that God said that may not be physically before us yet, but God made a promise on it, so it's proof to us, and that's what we don't budge from. Well, we'll actually talk about that a little more as we go into the next few weeks. Let me read you verse 6 from Hebrews 11. And this is what it says. And without faith, without faith living in us, it would be impossible to please God. Did you hear that verse? Without faith living inside of us, we can't please God. You know, there's a lot of things I think over the years we have all tried to do to please God. But the Bible said there's one thing that pleases God. Guess what it is? It's faith. It actually isn't perfection. I I, I would actually like to challenge you with this. Your life's not about perfection. It's about progress. But, but, But think about that. Without this faith thing, without this key, without this substance, without this assurance, you and I aren't going to please God. What is it that pleases God? It's faith. How about this? Sometimes you're, you're trying to become perfect in your conduct, and what God says to you is, what if you put faith in my grace that you're righteous because of me, not by how good you behave? Well, that's what pleases God. Faith believes. Faith pleases God. That, that is a strong statement. Let's keep moving here. 
For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real, and he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. So faith is what pleases God, and God rewards what? Faith. Isn't that a cool, cool verse? I think a lot of times what keeps us from enjoying God's best is the fact that sometimes we don't have faith for it. I actually heard this um, over the last couple weeks, that the children of Israel were promised the promised land. Y'all remember that story? And they set out from Egypt. God promised them the promised land. They got detoured for 40 years in the wilderness, but they finally walked into the promised land. Y'all remember that? But I heard this a couple weeks ago, that out of all the square miles that God promised them, they only ever inhabited 10% of what God promised them. And I wonder if that could be true for us sometimes, that we're only ever inheriting 10% of what God wants us to have. Now, 10% is pretty good, but I don't think that was what God wanted for us. But I do believe the key for you and I is, guess what? It's faith. Look at someone say, that's good right there. It's provided by grace, the generosity of his goodness, but it's received by faith. So here's our title for this morning, for the next few moments. How faith arrives. How faith arrives. So if this series is Faith Works, I want to teach you how faith arrives. Then we want to look at when faith activates and why faith accelerates. So how does faith arrive? When does it actually activate? And why does it accelerate? So after this series, you, you'll be able to realize, this is how I know faith's coming. This is how I know that faith's engaging. And this is how I know that faith's going into a higher gear. So faith always begins where the will of God is known. I want you to get that. Faith can only be where the will of God is known. So let's think about this. There may have been a day in your life where you didn't really know that the Bible teaches that God's a healer. And that 2,000 years ago, not only did he die for your salvation, but he took stripes on his back for your healing. I want you, I want you to think about that. But if you read or you watched a, a preacher or a teacher and they showed you out of the scriptures that God is a healer and that's part of his generous provision, then all of a sudden you may have believed for years that God wanted you sick or he used sickness to teach you things and all of a sudden you're like, wait, that's, that's not accurate. Or maybe there was a time in your life you felt like you just had to perform for God and all of a sudden you started hearing you know what? The grace of God, the goodness of God is unmerited, it's unearned, it's, it's undeserved, but I am righteous because of Jesus, not by anything that I have done or I have not done. There might have been a time in your life that you were taught, well, you were from this part of the tracks and that part of the world, and, and you're poor and you're broke, you're so broke you can't even pay attention. And maybe you heard things like that, and then all of a sudden you started reading from the scripture, and you learned that Jesus became poor so that you could become blessed. 
Well, now you can believe for those things. Why? Because now you have revelation knowledge on those things. But if no one told you and you did not know, you could not have faith for those things. But once you know those things, guess what you can do now? I know what the will of God is because that's what the word of God says because the word of God, the will of God, and the ways of God are the same thing. And when I get revelation or understanding or someone took the lights on, now I can have faith for that because the Bible says everything in this Bible that is a promise is yes and amen for you. But if you didn't know, you could not have faith for it. Y'all still with me? So faith has to arrive in our life. So so how does faith arrive? If you're a note taker, just, just write this, this sentence down. We'll carry this through to next week. That faith arrives when you hear and you agree. When I hear the word of God and I agree with the word of God, that's when faith begins to arrive in my life. Because there was things you couldn't have faith for because you didn't know. You had never heard those things. How about becoming a believer? You didn't know that God loved you, gave his life for you, would forgive you of your sins and cleanse you. And you could become his child until you read it in the Bible or someone preached it to you and you heard it and all of a sudden you had faith and you confessed that Christ would be the Savior and Lord of your life. You could not do that until you heard it preached to you or taught to you or you observed that. That's why I said faith comes, it arrives when we hear and when we agree. Romans chapter 10, verse number 17. Y'all doing all right? The Bible says this, so faith, what's faith? A confident trust in someone or something. It's our confidence. When faith comes, or so faith comes from what? How's faith come? Hearing and hearing the good news about Christ or hearing the words of Jesus. Faith comes when you hear about the goodness of God. Faith comes when you hear the scripture. Faith comes when you get revelation about what Jesus said. When you hear that Jesus is a healer, guess what can start coming? Faith for healing. When you hear that Jesus wants to bless you, guess what can start coming? Blessing can start coming your way. Restoration. When you, so when you hear, it starts coming your way. So faith arrives when you begin to hear and you begin to agree. But faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. Now, let me ask you. A really, really good question. And here's the question. When it comes to some things in the Bible, like the favor of God, the grace of God, healing, prosperity, how many of you have ever said, I wish I heard this like 20 years ago? And I just want to tell you that the best time to have heard that would have been 20 years ago. Because faith is a foundation. We need to build, build a foundation. Everything builds on the foundation. So the best time for you to have heard this was 20 years ago. But the second best time for you to hear this is right here and right now. We need to do some foundation work. All right. Well, one more scripture, and I'll make you some points. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And he said to them, well, who's he? Jesus. Jesus said, you need to be careful what you're, why? Because faith comes by hearing. Then he goes on, he says something. He says, the measure of thought and study that you give to the truth that you're hearing is the measure or it's the virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Be careful what you're hearing because what you're hearing is what measures back to you. Be careful what you're listening to because what you're listening to is actually what comes back to you in measure. It comes back to you and more besides what we give given to you who hear. 
The scripture is very, very, very clear. It's a warning that what we're hearing is what becomes harvest in our life. So faith comes when you hear and when you agree. You ready for some points? Here's the first, first fly point today. When, when does faith arrive? Number one, faith arrives as we choose to listen. Everybody say listen. Now the Bible uses a different word for listen and it's the word heed. The word heed kind of has three different parts to it. And the first part of the word heed means to pay close attention to. So if the Bible says heed what you're hearing, it means this, pay attention. It actually means pay close attention to what you are hearing. I would actually go as far as to say this. What you most consistently hear, you're going to have faith in. Did you get that? What you're most consistently hearing, you're actually going to have faith in. What you hear the most, guess what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to get in your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's what you know, it's what you think, it's what you feel. So what you're going to hear the most is going to affect your soul, your chooser, your thinker, your feeler. Think about as you grew up, might have been a long time ago, but think about the things that you heard in your home, things that were said to you. It started to affect your soul. It's what you knew about you. It's what you felt about you. It's what you thought about you. It's what you thought about the people in the world around you. So what we hear, even the day and the age that we live in today, now you, you hear me joke about this a lot, right? I'm not against you listening to the news. I'm just saying I have to filter and I have to watch because if all I'm doing is taking in what's said, my faith is going to be in that. And that's what creates fear. So when the Bible says pay close attention to what you're hearing, because out of what you're hearing becomes your harvest. If you want to know the harvest, it's in your thoughts, your feelings, and your knowledge. It's because of some things you have heard over the years and are hearing right now. And a lot of people, a lot of people come and say, would you pray for these thoughts to go away? Well, sometimes those thoughts just don't go away because you keep hearing them. You, you've got to do something about them. You can turn that thinker off if you can turn off those things that you're receiving. So we have to pay close attention because how does faith start arriving? By what we hear, most consistently what we're hearing. That's why it's real important for you and me to hear the word of God. Pastor Diane and I always tell people, get you two or three scriptures you, you can stand on. You need to get at least three. Because sometimes you can get scriptures out of context. You get them out of context, you, 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 can, you can go around. I heard someone say um, that um, Judas, the Bible said Judas went out and hung himself. And the Bible says, go and do likewise. Well, you, you don't need to you gotta have the right scriptures together that support each other, right? <laughs> so if you're going through something, you're challenged, on, challenged in an area, or if you know you have an area of weakness in your life or an area that you just want to grow in, I would tune into what God said about that. I would gain you some scriptures about that. I would hear some teaching about that. I would grab a hold of that. But the Bible says pay close attention. Let, let, let me say it to you how... how I, I take that. Be selective with what you're hearing. Because what you're hearing can produce fear in your, in your life. 
What you're hearing can produce stress in your life. It can produce worry in your life. So really pay a close attention to what you're hearing. I, I would add something to that. Not only pay close attention to what you're hearing, but pay close attention to who you're hearing. Listen, even in the preacher world, because there are some people that don't condone, don't condone a message of faith. They don't condone a message of grace, of healing and prospering. So just because they have a pulpit won't build faith in your life. You need to be plugged in and be picky and selective because the Bible says what you're hearing is what produces your harvest. If I want a godly, good, Bible-filled harvest in my life, I'm going to get real selective about what I'm hearing. It's like having a spiritual remote in your life. You know, anything can come on your TV, and if you don't use the remote... Because believe it or not, for some of you, this will freak your minds out. There used to be a day and an hour and a time when there weren't such things as remotes. You actually had to get up out that recliner, walk across the room, touch the dial, and turn the channel. Anyone ever survived that, that season of life? Well, now there's, there's a remote. But don't get so lazy that you'll just sit there and just take whatever in. You, you need to take a spiritual remote and say, I don't want to hear this. Actually, my wife asked me this last night. She, she, had, um, she, she had some stuff on, on TV, just some political stuff and some uh, the, the, the stuff going on in the Ukraine. And she's like, and I was getting ready to go to sleep. She goes, what do you, you want to watch? I said, I don't care what you watch. I just, I don't want something like that tonight. I just, because sometimes, I don't know about you, I do weird things in my sleep. I fight in my sleep. I kick, I make noises, don't I? I yell at people in my sleep, and sometimes I'm, a, I'm convinced that I get restless because of things like that. I was like, I can't do that and preach. I'll be, I'll be weird in the morning. So anyway, I don't know what she put on. I fell asleep anyways, but, but, but the thing is, be, be picky about what you're hearing. Why? Because faith arrives by what we choose to listen to. Number two, faith arrives as we decide not just to listen, but to learn. So think about this. The word heed, first of all, means pay close attention to. But the second part of that little word, which is the, the word here in the Bible, heed, means pay close attention to understand. Not just to hear something, but pay close attention to hear it, not just to focus on it, but actually to understand. So if faith arrives when we hear and we agree, then we need to pay close attention to understand. And I believe this, that faith will grow the more you learn about God. When, the more you accurately learn about God. Because faith is only as good as its source. And your source is God. Your source is the word of God. Your source is, uh, is the promises of God. So it's more important who you have faith in than what you have faith for. So I, I want to heed from the scripture, so that means I'm going to pay close attention to what God is saying, not just to hear, but actually to understand. And the word understand in the Bible is the word to be enlightened or to have our spiritual eyes opened. Uh, it's called revelation. So when you get revelation on something, and I know I've taught this, but, but I need to say to you, it's like there's a curtain and there was always something behind it, but you didn't know it was there until someone opened the curtains and you went, wow. It's always been there, but the curtains were open and you got revelation. This is why you might have heard me say this before. What we need to do as believers is we need to chase revelation. Because we're, we're heeding to hear 
in agreeing. We're, we're, we're heeding because we want to pay close attention so we can understand what God is saying. And the Bible says the way that you measure your hearing is what it measures back. So if you're passionate about hearing what the Bible says about something, if you're passionate about hearing about what Scripture says about something, if you're passionate to tune into a preacher who's preaching faith, who's preaching grace, if you're passionate, God takes the energy and the time and the attention that you put into hearing, and that's how he measures it back to you. If you're casual and apathetic and laxed about it, that's the measuring tool that God uses to give faith back to you. But when you're passionate about it, hungry for it, when you're excited about it, when you're giving it time, attention, focus, and energy, God uses that to measure it back to you. And that's how you harvest your faith. So I'm telling you how faith starts to arrive in our lives. For example, when we read the Word of God... I want to encourage you. This is, this is a good key. Don't read it for information. Read it for transformation. Because it's the words of Jesus. There were men who pinned the Bible, but the Bible said they, they pinned the Bible under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which literally means the Holy Spirit went and breathed on them, and they made no mistakes. They wrote the Bible as the Holy Spirit breathed on them. Now, the Bible's been translated from Greek and Hebrew, and it's translated different languages. Sometimes the words uh, lose a little punch or a little different. In but it was not in its original writing an error whatsoever. The world we live in today, the Word of God is under siege. They're trying to tell you and I that the Word of God isn't actually completely authentic and that God isn't completely authentic. But people of faith are those who wrap their arms around the Word of God. They embrace it, and they will not budge off of it. Last point. You ready? And this good stuff. I'm just telling you, this is how faith, this is how faith arrives in your life. It doesn't arrive just because you love Jesus. It doesn't arrive because you flip Maverick City on in your car and you worship on the way to work. That helps, but I'm saying faith comes by hearing the words of Jesus and agreeing with the word of Jesus, words of Jesus. So how does faith arise? When you start choosing to listen and you start choosing to learn, and number three, faith arrives as we determine to believe. Everybody say believe. I'm going to listen, I'm going to learn, and I'm going to believe. Guys, have your wives ever looked at you and said, you need to listen to me? I think that's what the Bible is telling us. Just like our wives will say, you need to listen. Have you ever said that to your kids? You just need to be quiet right now and listen to what I'm saying. I think that's what Scripture is saying. Just zip and listen. But listen to learn. Listen to get you some revelation. Because what God said about something could be the game changer in your life, in my life. It could be the game changer in your wallet. It could be the game changer in your marriage. It could be the game changer in your health. It could be the game changer in your life. So listen. The word heed, it means to, to pay close attention to, to understand. And the last part of that word heed means this, that, that we pay close attention to understand so we can trust. Pay close attention so you can understand and you could trust the words of Jesus. Why would God say faith comes by hearing and hearing? It really should be worded this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the words of Jesus. 
why, why would the Bible word it that way? Because God's voice needs to be the most consistent, loudest voice in your life. Because there are a lot of voices in our culture. There are a lot of voices for your, uh, uh, aligning themselves for your attention, aligning themselves for, for your faith. And, and here's the deal. When you stop hearing about things like healing, you, you, you will stop expecting healing. When you stop hearing things like God wants to prosper you, you will give in to the fact that, that you think God doesn't want you blessed and you focus more on your bills than the blessing. We have a tendency to drift and to, I'll use a computer term, default back to our original settings. That's why the Bible says you got to keep hearing the words of Jesus because you can get in a funk if you don't. Anyone ever been in a funk? I mean a spiritual funk. You get into a funk and you stop believing that God wants you healed. You stop believing that God wants you to prosper. You stop believing that God wants to restore you. You stop believing that God wants your relationships reconciled. You'll stop believing God wants you in peace and God wants you in joy. Why? Because you're defaulting to the old flesh. That's why faith has to come and continue to come and to continue to come. And I, and I said this to you that faith arrives when you hear and you agree. What's that mean? I'm going to get my beliefs, my perspectives, and my opinions in alignment and in agreement with the Word of God. And that doesn't happen just because you love Jesus. That happens because you say the Word of God is true. I believe it over, I believe it over CNN. That's, that's constant negative news. I believe it over NBC. I believe it over Wall Street. I believe it over Facebook. I, I will embrace the Word of God. doesn't matter what's happening around me. The world's, world's crazy right now. It's going to get crazier. But if you know what Jesus said about the times that we're on the doorstep to, you'd have faith. I, I would encourage you right now, don't get into fear. You stay in faith. Because everything that's unfolding over the next few years, biblically, y'all, we win. We win. And, and, God, and God protects you. Now listen, here's, here's how I would know that these crazy times are putting you in fear that means you don't have enough faith about the end times. Because if you understood the end times, they're God's times. And you can be in faith. I mean, we don't like those things. We have to agree with those things. But, but you keep your faith no matter what goes on. How do you do that? How do you do that? You gotta keep hearing. You gotta keep hearing. You gotta keep hearing. Because every time you, you log on and every time you tune in, there's a different message. Every time you read, there's a different message. That's why you got to keep getting God's perspective. You got to keep getting, getting God's will. So we got to keep hearing and hearing and hearing so we will be assured. Here's, here's the deal the things that you hear and see. They cause you to think, and they cause you to feel. How many of you watch the images of the battle right now going on with the invasion, Russia invading Ukraine, and you are seeing and you're hearing those things happen? It makes you think, and it doesn't make you feel, especially you're seeing children are being killed. When you see a diagnosis, it can make you think, it can make you feel. If you see a picture of a warm little puppy, what's it make you do? Think and feel. So it's important what we're hearing. It makes you think, it makes you feel. It, it, not only does it make you think and feel, you start to accept and believe those things, 
and eventually you will imitate and do those things. But it all starts with you saying, you know what? I'm going to make sure that it's what God said and what, 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 what the Word of God is saying. I'm going to put a filter on the rest of this stuff because faith arrives. And remember, if faith is the key in your life, we need to put our big boy pants and our big boy or big girl pants on. Those are our faith pants. It doesn't just happen because you're here this morning. It happens because you're going and you say, I'm going to keep hearing what Jesus said. I'm going to keep hearing what Jesus said. I'm going to keep hearing what Jesus said. I'm going to influence my environment. I'm going to set my atmosphere. I'm going to set it today. Because some days our attitude sets up. You ever had a bad morning and your attitude sets your atmosphere? And listen, we're just people. So sometimes that battle goes on. But I'm, I'm saying we're going to grab faith. We're going to learn to grab faith. But how do you get faith? If I told you the difference in your prosperity and your poverty could be understanding God wants you blessed, all you need is to have faith for it, then you'd be like, I want to keep hearing, I want to keep hearing, I want to keep hearing. If the difference in your healing was you hearing what Jesus said, if the difference of your, your, your marriage or your kids or God's hand on your family was about you hearing. Now listen, the Bible says there is some laboring that we do. Salvation is a free gift. The Bible says we labor to get into rest. Here's what rest is. We labor to get into faith. Here's what that means. The labor is me hearing, me hearing, me hearing, me agreeing, me agreeing. God said it, I agree. The Bible said it, I agree. That's our labor. That's all we're to do is the labor to get into faith. It's called the fight of faith. I'll, talk to, I'll tell you next week how you hold on to faith. I'll tell you next week. But how does it arrive? I hear it and I agree it. If God said it, because we're real good about agreeing. You ever, you ever watched the news or read something or you saw something on Facebook and you started repeating it? Or just because it was on Facebook or just because it was on CNN, like, it's got to be true. And we repeat it because that's what we heard. What if we had the same tenacity about the Word of God? Well, that's what the Word said. But I'd rather what Jesus said. But the doctor said this, I get it, but that's what Jesus said. Well, that's what Wall Street said. I know, but that's not what Jesus said. I hear, I agree, I get into alignment, I believe what he said. Man, did you get something good this morning? So let, let, let's all stand, let's all stand to our, to our feet. I believe that it would be proper, completely proper for some of the challenges that are around you and the conditions that are around you and the situations that are around I believe it will be completely proper for you to believe what God said in spite of those things, in spite of the negative. But it doesn't always have to be something negative. Maybe you just, in your heart, have been stirred by God to have something better in your life. Maybe a, 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 a better house, could be a better car, could be a better marriage, could be a better relationship. Understand, it's not just about things, but God's all right with that. But what if I said the key is our faith? The generosity of God's goodness and our faith. He said, well, that sounds kind of simple. I don't think God was trying to complicate it. Grace, the provision of God's goodness, the generosity of God's goodness, met by the tenacity of your faith. Every promise in the Bible is and amen. Here's what that means. If it's in the Bible, it's yes for you. All you got to do is put your amen to it. The word amen just simply in English means so be it. 
if God says this blessing is for you, then you, what you say is, I agree, that's for me, so be it for me. And then you got to learn to hold on, which I'll talk about next week. But here's what I'm believing for you this morning. We're going we're gonna to do this song. I'm, I'm going to ask our, our altar uh, team to come forward. I'm going to ask them to come forward. And during this song, if there's something you're believing for, it doesn't just have to be negative. It, it could be like, well, I'm just believing for a bigger house. I'm just believing. I, I want you to make your way to them and don't do this. Don't come and tell them your life story. Don't tell them all of your x-rays. Don't tell them all the bad stuff about your, just come and say, I'm in faith about this. They're going to pray a simple faith prayer with you. Here's why I'm saying that. It's not that those details aren't important, but you start talking those details. Now we're talking negative. Now we're talking the problem and we've forgotten about the promise. And I got to come down there and preach this all over again to get you stirred back up. That they're here today just the Bible says when two or three get into agreement God's in the midst God starts working See, if you've got something maybe you don't but if you got something saying there's a challenge and we're believing by faith for this or there's something we're believing for it doesn't have to be a bad thing make your way up here while we sing this song